Welcome to the talking heart, always connected though miles apart. Like the lotus flower grows from the mud, transforming pain into power, we rise above. I'm a highly emotional person and a very, very sensitive person, and I always have been. But when I was younger, it seemed to me that, you know, everyone in my sphere, everyone around me, told me that I was being too emotional, too caring, and that made me weak. So they told me things like, I'm too sensitive and too fragile and ha-ha. It was a funny thing that I was just this vulnerable little sensitive being. Through this experience, I learned that it's pretty much impossible to be emotional or kind and survive in this animal kingdom, which I thought it was, and that if you are sensitive, you would be eaten alive, and I often felt like I was. So I figured the only way to survive in this animal kingdom was by putting up my guard, fully disconnecting from my emotions and shutting them off, just shutting down. So I lived like this for many years. I would sweep my emotion under the rug, emotion after emotion, and it just kept building and building. So I refused to let anyone close to me, and so what I did is I built a fortress around me to keep me safe. I thought that was how I could be safe from the world and everything that was going on around me. Of course, inside, I was living in this like mad, crazy world, you know, waking up with nightmares, having scary visions. I was constantly having panic. I was always in discomfort and nervousness because I was just holding it all in. So I became like super neurotic and controlling of my environment and all the people in it because I felt so out of control. And this made me feel that I had a way to have control and chaos. And then I escaped all my feelings through like partying and running from place to place, person to person, just all over the place, never able to relax, seriously, never able to relax or just sit down. I had to always be doing something. And because of this neurosis, it's hard to live in that heightened state. It's very uncomfortable. So then I just started drinking to numb the pain. And for a while, it was good, you know, turned off my emotions. I felt like it calmed down my anxiety until it turned on me. And then I became an alcoholic and I realized that I couldn't cope with life or anything and the overwhelming pain that I felt without drinking. So then drinking became my best friend and everything in my life revolved around it. I couldn't do anything without drinking at that point. It was just an appendage. I fell so deep into my addiction, you know, honestly, I thought I'd never be able to get out. It was like a vicious cycle and it was soul crushing because I kept trying to stop and tell myself that I was going to stop, but I could never follow through. And this scared the crap out of me. And I was filled with shame, you know, the way that I was acting. I was acting like a fool. I was blacking out. And I was trying to keep the secret of my drinking hidden from others. But then others started to notice what was going on. And my self-worth diminished, and something had to give. So I literally combusted imploded, exploded, everything. I had a complete nervous breakdown. I guess at that point, you know, I realized you can only run from yourself and your emotions for so long until it comes back to haunt you. And that's exactly what happened to me. And it was terrifying. It was humiliating. It was humbling, like literally like a thousand pies to the face. And it was embarrassing. So I couldn't take it anymore. And I just... I completely hit rock bottom. Any sense of pride that I had was gone. 
I couldn't handle my job. I couldn't handle anything. I lost my job. I felt like I was losing my mind. My finances were completely out of order. The people around me were scared and concerned for me, and they were telling me that. And I was scared for myself. Truthfully, I was scared for myself. I felt so lost, and I had no idea who I was. I was so lost, so lost, and so out of my body, and so out of touch, really. So, you know, as my life fell to the ground, and it just was a heaping mess, I felt like I was in some sort of pit, and I just felt buried, like I couldn't get out of it. The only thing that I could do at that moment, when I was so broken down and so buried by my emotions and my avoidance and everything that I had been running from that I surrendered and because there was nothing else I could do but to surrender and cry you know recognize that I truly was powerless over alcohol and by the grace of God I was able to stop drinking that was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life yet the most life-affirming change that I've ever made in my life Number one for myself and for my family because because I did this, my family and my children benefit. And this is a huge step, especially coming from a family of, you know, long history of addicts. And I was becoming that. And, you know, I had to hold something more for my life and my family, truthfully. I was holding the torch. And thank God I am where I am now. So it's about like three and a half years I've been sober. And it's, it's great, you know, I mean, the first 30 days, honestly, were hell, absolute hell, because I was physically addicted, and my body went through a detox. I mean, I was like shaky. I was terrified. I was freaking scared and vulnerable. I felt completely weak. And, you know, having to go into work like that, having to feel all my emotions again, without anything to numb it was really, really hard. But I just, I just went through it step by step, literally step by step with my legs wobbly and shaking, my heart pounding and just freaking out, just in a state of freak out for a while. So yeah, the th- first 30 days were definitely the hardest. Just, it's almost like you're on a roller coaster, you're digging your nails in and you're just trying to get through it. That was just the beginning. And at the beginning, it was just like changing my habits. Normally, if I'd go to get something to drink after work, I instead went for a walk or went a different route or made sure that I did something creative that night. I just replaced the times that I would be drinking with doing something productive, doing something for myself or anything different or drinking like 10 cups of tea, literally. (laughs) But then eventually all those emotions came back when I decided to face myself and I still am this highly sensitive and highly emotional person. But I had to face all of my emotions and I had to make a promise to myself to feel them and to heal them. At that point, I had no choice. I was not going to go back. I just, I couldn't. So the only way out was in, truly. So I spent, seems like years, (laughs) crying and wailing and releasing and it was like super intense. But I'm still a highly emotional being who's trying to relax into accepting myself despite of what anyone out there says about me or how I should be or what they think about my emotions or what they think about the person I am or my sensitivities that can't matter anymore not at this point it's like today I spent some time looking back on my writings that's something I often do to deal with these highly intense emotions that come up for me so I write 
And that's a wonderful form of release. And I don't know if you do that, but I would definitely recommend it. It helps so much. And then it helps you not run to the bottle. Instead, you're doing something constructive. You're writing it out. You're getting your emotions out or talk to somebody, that sort of thing. Going back on my writing, you know, I would see that like that particular day, whatever felt like it was just so real and permanent in the moment. I see that those emotions have long passed. They no longer have a charge. This shows me that we do heal from feeling and writing and no longer running. And, you know, when you stop avoiding and you face yourself. So today my emotions are still super intense. I feel as though I experience them through a magnifying glass and it heavily distorts the size of them. Most of the time, you know, I'm making mountains out of mohills and I know this. And I also tend to catastrophize and blow everything out of proportion in the moment of overwhelm until they get this quick freaking shock wave and then the emotion is gone. Times when I'm in the throes of like suffering, old grief comes back. My heart is like heaving and I just... I feel like I'm in this eternal hell of grief that I'll never be able to escape. My emotions to me are like as if I'm in the ocean trying to remain centered in a great tsunami, (laughs) trying to like not move and be that tree in a tsunami, right? And then a swell of emotion takes over. And when that happens, sometimes I feel dizzy and I feel off balance. They're so intense. I mean, now I honor my emotions. I honor the magnitude of them because I can love as much as I feel the pain. I can feel joy too and incredible pain. My emotions teach me a lot. I'm grateful for the blessing of feeling everything again. Although, you know, a lot of feelings are not pleasant. It feels more like a curse at times. I realize that I simply have to endure it and that you can't have one without the other. We, life, nature, everything seeks balance. So now say an emotional storm comes on, I'm trying to learn how to to ride it, you know, learn how to sail. And then eventually everything will be smooth again. Certainly helps to know how to swim. I've got turbulent waves, just like when you're in the actual ocean, if you resist it, You could drown. So when it gets really rough for me, I remind myself of that metaphor. And I remind myself to try to relax into it so that I can, you know, save myself from being plummeted by all the whitewash that could engulf me and really zap a lot of my energy if I get wrapped up in it. So learning more about myself on this journey, I'm definitely learning not to take my emotions so seriously and to remember and to take solace in knowing that emotions do come and go like the tides, like the waves. I am comforted by the fact that I can reflect on impermanence, you know, knowing that everything is always changing also helps in those moments of overwhelm and intense emotions and sensitivity spend a lot of time trying to practice breathing, being flexible, limber, and I just do my best to go with the flow of life. Because truly resistance is futile. And I know it's hard to tell people, hey, just go with the flow. I mean, everyone always says that. Sometimes we can do it easier than others. And then other times we're resisting and we're tight and we're like, no, I don't want to do it. But this is all part of life is the learning, learning about our own selves learning about our own emotions and our tides and when they come and when they go and really how to navigate that how to navigate through life 
as gracefully as possible, I guess. And it's definitely one moment, one step, one day at a time. That's it. If I think too far ahead, that overwhelm comes in. If I think too far back, the depression comes in. So I'm learning all these things. And I'm trying to do my best to be in the moment as many moments as I possibly can throughout the day to remind myself to just be here, be in the moment, listen to what the person next to me is saying, really be here for them, watch them, listen to them, love them, be present for them. And I'm also trying to do that, of course, for myself. And of course, drinking a ton of water is important because I feel that that is also something that really helps that action of drinking tons of water and just, you know, keeping the water flowing also allows you to go with the flow of life too. I hope that this helps you deal with your emotions. If you're an intense and highly emotional person, or maybe if you drink to escape your emotions, I hope that you receive something out of this. (music) 